Hey guys, I want to welcome you to today's episode with Katie and Matt from Rope and Pulley. Now they're a Newcastle-based wedding photographer duo and Katie and Matt have been doing some mentoring sessions with myself for the past couple of months and I really was excited to get them on the podcast and to dive into everything that they were struggling with initially in their business and how the mentoring, but not just how the mentoring, how the business is going right now through COVID and giving you guys an insight into a photographer who's right in the mix of it, all with you guys and um, things that they've learned along the way, some failures along the way. And um, yeah, just an insight into their business and how things have really trajected from the mentoring and coaching that we've helped with. Obviously, first off, I want to welcome you both, Katie and Matt, to the podcast. You know, it's been an honor to to help you in your business, obviously, um, over the course of the last couple of months and stuff like that. And been honored to, um, yeah, have you on the podcast and see where the business is at now. So if you could just give the listeners an insight into where you guys are based what you guys do yeah so we're based in newcastle which is about two hours north of sydney and we run a photography and video business called rope and pulley we're a husband and wife team which is working really well and yeah we've really been building the business over the last few years with you know the intention of making it as successful as we can a few years before that we were dabbling. Um, photography and art, something that we've both loved for a long time. We both worked in different areas using those skills, photography and, and art. But um, Katie can probably talk to that a bit better than I can. But yeah, that's that's the business in a nutshell. So take me back, like how long has the business been operating? Obviously, you're dabbling in, but to the point where you're like really focused on it. And did it start as just photo or did it start as photo and video? I think it started as mainly photo. Photography's always been the passion. I work as an editor and colorist, so video is a big part of what I do day to day as well. So it just made sense with that skill set to offer both to our customers. And we've got a lot of friends from the TV industry, so it was quite easy to bring them into the business and felt quite natural to then offer both and build the business on both those platforms. But definitely from the jump, even back when I was beginning as an artist, it was photography for me. What about you, mm. Katie? Yeah, I'm trying to think. So we've probably been doing it since we got married. So 2014, we got married and we just had a really hard time of finding a photographer that we liked. And we thought, you know, we'll get into this probably 2015 but to be honest we didn't really start it seriously until our kids were probably like two or three just because it was so busy we had a few challenges happen around those early years so we probably didn't really jump into this seriously until I'd say two years ago like probably mm-hmm. every year booking you know booking couples every year mm-hmm. uh, and not just having it as a side hustle like prop a proper business mm-hmm. yeah I would say about probably like properly probably about two two three years yeah. Nice. yeah nice I think so well how long was the transition between you know coming up with the business idea starting the business dibbling, drabbling in both photo and video for weddings to the point where it was like, hey, let's hone in on this. Like this is our full-time thing. So it was it sounds like was that maybe about a four-year process? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd say like we started with the name, which is pretty funny. Like we, we thought about, oh, the name, 
and the branding and mm. now looking back, I just think we should have done so many other things first. Yeah, yeah. But we started with the names, so Rope and Pulley's Matt's ancestors, and they were the first couple to be married in New South Wales, like good old convicts. So we kind of started with that, but from there until actually having it as a full-time thing, yeah, a good four years, I'd say, mm. like until we made it a real thing. Yeah. It took quite a while. Yeah, it seems like a really common like way, you know what I mean? Like that whole part-time and just, I mean, as most listeners know, you make a booking and generally they're not getting married till a year or two later. So it's not like you're selling a product straight away and you can increase revenue just straight away. You might get a, a deposit, but that's not lasting you as a year wage, obviously. And then, you know, just trying to generate more bookings. But when you first started, you said something interesting, like you're focusing on you know, the name and the branding and stuff like that. And you wish you had done things differently. What are some things that you wish I had done differently? I think I wish that I had started with what's our goal as a business. So what I wish I'd started with was more of the business related things and less of the what should our, our branding look like and what should our website look like. Those things are absolutely important. But they don't they don't really exist unless you've got a really good couple base and you've got marketing and you've got business skills as well. So I wish I'd sat down and I wish we'd gone, what's our one-year plan? What's our three-year plan? What's our five-year plan? What's our goal and how will we know that we are achieving it? Even financially, like how will we know we're achieving that goal? How will we know we're getting there when we have um, X amount of couples? Or mm. I, I wish I'd kind of started there. And there's just a few things that I, I wish I'd done way ago, like setting up client management system. Like, I, you know, all those little things, like 10 things I wish I'd done back mm. when I started, things like that. Yeah, that's what I kind of wish that I'd done before. Um, go, Matt. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I just, me a tap, so oh no, I was just like really vibing on that because I was like, oh, we did so many things wrong. Like we yeah. agonised over... Oh, what preset do we want to start our editing with? Where do we want to, those colors to sit? We, oh, yeah. we spent ages on that and we spent ages on, like you said, the website and thinking, is this image going to represent us well? And then we used to do all of our invoicing via a PDF. It's so embarrassing. Made, oh, made in Photoshop because we'd like design it all up, make it look all pretty. It took us hours. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, no, this would be a good way to work because we want it to look good and, like, you know, best foot forward for the client. But then, like, yeah. we just got trapped by all these things mm. that we thought were important to the point where we were, like, so constricted. It took so much time just to roll mm. jobs through. Like, we would edit for weeks, like four, five, six weeks, mm. agonising over colors and treatments and bouncing between different things because you can get lost in that stuff so easily there's so much stuff out there now I feel like everyone's got a preset pack and you know unless you have an idea about a really clear idea about how your work mm. wants to look or you understand you need to shoot with intention <laughs> to get there then you just yeah you're going to be like up some bits for a few years so what, what do you say, Katie and Matt, to the photographer out there that's maybe just starting or feeling overwhelmed? Because it sounds like a lot of overwhelm when you first start. Like, How would you give them something to just cut through the bullshit and all of the noise? It's such a good one. If I was to go back, I would sit down and I would think about what do I value about my time 
and what goal do I want to achieve so that that time and that energy is I'm getting something back for it instead of just I've got this creative skill and people are going to see it and people will start paying me because you know they want to get married and they, they think you're you're a great wedding photographer more so starting with what am I worth and not just you know I'm going to just um, grab a number out there but what am I worth what's my time worth and how do I value myself I wish I started with that maybe that's really kind of airy fairy but I wish I started with that yeah. because it's, it's very, very easy to quickly get bogged down in someone might say, oh, I'll pay you $500 to do my wedding. Mm. And, and that's fine and you get a lot out of that. But it wasn't until people were like, oh, I might start paying you a bit more that I then thought that that's what I was worth. Yes. And just so much time wasted. If I had sat down and gone, what's my hourly amount of time worth to me? And what am I willing to invest in this? I think I would have had a lot um, stronger boundaries around mm. what I was doing and just be a lot clearer and a lot more efficient, I think. Mm. I think if I went back, yeah, mm. to, I, I can really empathise with, like, young artists that are wanting to get paid for their work the way Katie's describing. Because I used to think it only took one photo. I was like, I'll get one photo on the front cover of Hello May or, you know, it only takes one photo and then I've made it. Uh, but it doesn't work like that. Like if I could go back, I'd be like, all right, scrap that idea. Focus on who you're actually making this for because you could be the best photographer, but no one's going to see it if you're not mm-hmm. out there and advertising and doing all the business stuff that we spoke about further. Oh, sorry, earlier. And so kind of off the back of that, our journey came around to looking at SEO. I'm like, oh, okay, now we need a good SEO ranking. And I'm like, no, even that doesn't matter because that's just a trick. What you need to do is, like, if I could go back to the start, I don't know about the name anymore (laughs) because I'd be like, just name it something that really ranks well SEO anyway. Like, we're in Newcastle. We could have just called ourselves Newcastle Wedding Photographers and already organically we would have been killing it SEO-wise. I think that's shit. Do you? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just like... I guess the, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, right? yeah. And then advertise, like put money towards advertising mm. and, and, you know, talk to someone who knows what they're doing in that space mm. because it's not as expensive as you think. It's actually really affordable. Like if you're charging, say, three grand for a wedding, mm. it might only cost you 1500 to get a campaign out that's going to mm. actually bring in customers and then you can really agonize over all that other stuff. Yeah, mm. there's so many great tips there. I think it all comes down to like, yeah, knowing where your time's going to be spent and the value that you're bringing, right? But I think like too often I was like in the same position, right? But now I look back and I'm like, if I had done it again, I would have, maybe even if I had no money, I would have got a 10 grand loan, a five grand loan and literally got, you know, like obviously I I believe there's the right mentor or coach out there for specific people. I don't believe that there's a mentor out there for everyone. But I think like going, shit, that is the person that inspires me as as an artist or a business owner. And they're in the same field, right? Like they're in the same field. How many times can I sit down with this person and feed off their knowledge. And like, you know, obviously there's a lot of free learning resources out there, but yeah, I wish I like sat down and just went, you know, like, man, sit down with me and just like run me through things that I'm wasting my time on. And and also another one is like, I believe that too many photographers are focused on the branding and the business and 
marketing and sales, but not their photography. Like so many that I mentor now, I'm just like, or, or see, and they ask for advice. I'm just like, dude, like, I believe your work is the thing that's letting you down. And you know what that is? That's your product. I was reading a book yesterday and he was saying that obviously you have to add value to get money. And, but he said, you add value to get value vouchers. So a value voucher is money. And when you sell your services, the amount of value vouchers you get is what the client values your services for. And so often, yeah, like I'll look at someone's, someone's work and I'm just like, dude, like I know like you've been doing this a year and you're waiting for work to pick up the camera. Like, are you kidding me? You know how long your apprenticeship's going to take until you can build a house? This is going to take ages, man. Like yeah. you, you need, yeah. Anyway, I, won't, I, won't, I mean, this podcast isn't about me, but I think it's like, I wish I heard that when I first started because it took me about two years to go, oh shit. Like I haven't swung the hammer as much as I should have. Therefore, I'm not, efficient at building the house, you know, bringing it back to a simple analogy. I'm like, man, I'm doing SEO and shit, but like that's getting my work in front of people. But the people are looking at my work probably saying, no, you know what I mean? That's that's great. You've set the bar very low. I'll go find someone easily any better than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's also about being honest with yourself as well. Like last week I interviewed Toby Atkins who runs a huge successful business and he creates this like, I guess it's called a personality matrix where he writes like four corners and it's, yeah, what do you like? What do you not like? What are you good at? And what, what aren't you good at? And I think if you sat down early and just went like, okay, cool. What do I not like? Editing, SEO, culling, advertising, marketing, blah, blah, blah. What am I good at? Photography, people, communication, meetings, you know, this. And then it's like, cool. Okay. Let's get a loan or let's get some money together to get all those. What am I not good at? And get people that are great at them to do them. So then I can focus on my side. And then the business looks bigger than it is. And people picking up that slack that's going to take me two years. Yeah. I resonate with that though, because that's like you're humble enough in your approach and knowing how far you've come, like it's it's really inspiring. But you've got to have humility 100%. to go and someone else and go mm. teach me. Because you, you can be really into what mm. you're making and think you're killing it, but to be humble enough, that that takes guts. 100%. And I think that personality trait is probably quite rare, right? Like to be able to get negative feedback or want it, like you've got to be in a growth mindset, hey, because if your ego or something's standing in the way, you're going to take it as a personal attack. And the only way I got to where I was, was investing in learning and hitting up people to mentor me that weren't offering mentors and going to workshops. And I remember going to one, I won't call who it was, and it was in Auckland, New Zealand. And we were talking on at lunch about the business that I had and I was telling them, you know, I'll shoot maybe 80 weddings. And they're like, what, what? Like the host was what, dude, can you get out and like you do a thing? And I'm like, why would I do that? And he's like, dude, you got a more successful business than me. And I'm like, nah, nah, nah. What are you rating success on a number? Like success. I'm, I'm here to learn your creative skills. I'm not here to learn your business yeah. skills. So don't think everyone's here just to learn your business skills. Cause you've already shown me so many things that I'm going to implement in my business. Yeah, But the only reason you think I've got a more successful business is because you're looking at one statistic of my business. And I could do 80 weddings at $1,000 and you can do 20 at 5,000 and you're going to be making more. But anyway, take me back to one of the biggest mistakes you've made in your business. Other than starting, practical mistakes. Oh, that's a good one. I try to block them out. Bring them up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
practical as in technical, like getting out there working or yeah, like, some, something, yeah. something hands on, right? Like at a wedding, something like that. The way you handle the lead. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got one. Okay, Mark, go, Mark. Cause I- so I used to. I used to go in like I quite often Katie and I now we kind of just whoever's got the best built relationship with the couple through getting them through making the sale and then you know talking them through the process usually shoots the bride but this time I was shooting the bride and I used to have a very set approach of like I'd walk in I'd do the flat lay I'd hang the dress in a fucking tree or something you know I'd do all that rubbish and then I started to kind of really get into creating a vibe, which I feel is important, that like you want them to be having fun and quite often it can feel just all very stressful. And so one thing I was doing was a champagne pop and I was like, I was enjoying it because I'd had a few really successful ones. I was like, you know, really shake it up and, you, you know, you'll feel the pressure build up in the head and they're like, oh, pressure builds up in the head. And then they, uh, and then you burst it and then you got to jam your finger in the top and shake it and it'll spray out everywhere. And I was like, make sure you're pointing this thing at me. Don't point it at you. Don't point it at anyone else. Point it at me. And it would never hit me. I'd be on like an 85 or something, so I'd be far enough back. But this one time, this poor girl, like she just had her makeup done and she was not too confident, but I was pushing it. And I was like, it'll be really good. It'll be really good. She kind of, I don't know if I just wasn't picking up on it. Katie's much better at picking up on that kind of thing. And she popped it and it nearly hit her in the face. And then it just showered her in champagne. And she and the makeup artists were just packing up, ready to go. And it was excruciating. So I, was, I was mortified. He was like, what have you fucking done? Yeah, yeah. And fair enough too. <laughs> oh, I mean, he laid it on a bit thick. I, thought, I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> but that was definitely something that I learned. Like, okay, you've got to be flexible. Mm. I have to be flexible. Like uh, maybe my ego gets in the way when I shoot because I just get kind of taken away in the creativity I'm like oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that even if I have those those sort of structures to the way I'm going to shoot mm-hmm. I'm like all right I'm going to make them do this now I'm going to make them do that now and it's worked really well in the past but this was just a really excruciating yeah. <laughs> event <laughs> yeah. yeah my so mine is I thought about this when we did coaching with you Ryan and you talked about your approach where you sit you actually sit during the ceremony like in the aisle somewhere, like instead of being up the front. And and one of my ones is just being so visible during the ceremony because in the beginning I think you have this idea that you have to be super busy and running around to look like you're working really hard because you feel like, oh, they've paid me all this money and I'm, I'm not good enough and I'm, so I need to show them how hard I'm working. And so I think just like just the ridiculous kind of running around, laying on your stomach, jumping in a tree. And I remember one moment really clearly where I went around so I was near where the celebrant is and I took a photo and I think it was when we were using the 5D Mark II, so it was like <laughs> clonk, clonk, clonk. Yeah. And, um, and it was like the, the bride and the groom, like the couple themselves were having a really lovely moment and the groom just looked directly at me. I made eye contact with him. This is during the vows. makes me feel sick. And he just kind of had this look on his face like, would you just piss off? Like, would you just <laughs> go away? So when I think about that, I cringe a lot because it's a bit like what Matt said. Yeah. But also I think sometimes I get carried away with what I think they want 
as opposed to what they actually want. Yeah, I think that's a big that's a big one that that causes a lot of mistakes. Yes, to happen. thanks for taking. <laughs> that's all right, man. This is all recorded. You know that. <laughs> no, we've all got our. Uh, our lessons we've learned. I think, um, you know, if you don't have one, you haven't tried hard enough or, you know, like you're just a, a God saint that's a genius that somehow just walks in there with huge experience. But obviously that, that therefore looking at it objectively, then you guys like, shit, okay, I see, you know, like Matt, you're saying, you know, I was pulling and I was making these things happen, making them do things. And now you look back and you're probably like, man, if I was a groom, would I want to be made to do something that, maybe I don't even give a shit about on my wedding day or, you know, like same thing, you know, Katie about the aisle and stuff like that. I know like there's always going to be different advice in the way to do it, but I think you got to just do it in the heart that you have and, and what's right for you. You know, there's no, Hey, this is where you've got to be and this is how you've got to do it and stuff like that. But there's the right thing for you. You know, I know a lot of photographers will stand up the front and be on a 24 or 16 and like bang that out. But for me personally, I consider a lot of like what my parents would be seeing if they were in that wedding. And I know some other photographers like we well, get a better photo and stuff and that that's great. But for me, I would rather my parents witness the wedding without going like, man, that guy's back was like in my face the whole time or for a single photograph. And when you say sitting in the aisle, the listeners may think I'm like sitting in the aisle and she walks around me. No, no, I'm sitting on a chair as a guest in the aisle. So I literally just sit down and, and normally shoot like that. And the cool thing I think there is you always get that. What, we didn't even know you were there when I came down the aisle. Cause they, you know, I was looking at their guests generally like when the bride walks, but then sometimes, you know, a videographer or another photographer might have a 70 to 200 standing right behind the groom and she's looking straight at the groom, but looking straight down that camera for me personally, I'm just like, bro, if, if that was like my wife and, and just, I heard this behind my head. I'd just be, I'd be like, palm that, man. But yeah, I appreciate you sharing that because it shows a lot of vulnerability as well and a lot of trueness and realness that you guys share as well, which is so, so attractive. I want to flip things a little bit. Now, we're rope and pulleyers these days. So we've transitioned from dibbling and dabbling to honing in two years' time, then going crazy and then COVID. So can you give the listeners an insight into how Rope and Pull is handling COVID, where you guys are at and what you're offering. Because I know from our coaching and stuff that you have a bit more of a team now than just you two. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll start with where we're at now. We now have four photographers kind of with us, so including Matt and myself. We have another two photographers. And then because we do video, we've got two videographers that work with us and Matt, Matt does video too. So that's like a team of what? Matt's six. But they're not always with us. Like sometimes it's just me shooting or Matt shooting or if we have a couple that wants both of us, Matt might do video and I might do photography. But we have the ability now to take on like three weddings on one on one day. So if it's a really popular day, so that's pretty big. Like, And that's been a huge process, like training somebody up and having them at a point where we feel so confident that they're going to do a better job than us. Like that's what I wanted. I wanted them to go and do a better job than we could. We're nearly there, which is really good. The other thing that's been a big change, Matt still works full-time. We haven't been able to get him working full-time in the business yet. I think we would have if COVID hadn't hit, like that was on the cards. The big change is before it was just a side hustle and I was a stay-at-home mum with 
with the two kids. But now I this is my full-time job and I just do it. Like I'm still a stay-at-home mum, but I have like three days where the kids are in care and so those are my dedicated days. So I would say it's my full-time job and we make a full-time income from it, which is excellent. And Matt's income has been really helpful during COVID when all the bookings just stopped. But it looks like 2022 is going to be insane for us. So I think it's going to pick up again really, really quickly. Well, yeah, just before COVID hit, Rope and Pulley was really going the best it had ever gone. Like we were really hitting all of our goals and then some, and we really had a full head of steam and it felt like Katie said, like this could be job A for me now rather than job B. But, yeah, then it hit and everything moved. And other than how what it's meant for us, when I think about the business, I also think about our couples as well because it's like we're working with them and it's like the nature of what we do has also shifted a bit as well. And so Katie's job now is sort of almost like half counsellor, half photographer because you're talking to these couples who want to take this next step, want to go on that journey of building a life together but can't. So we've been in that really privileged position in a way to offer support from a perspective of someone that gets to see people get married quite a lot. We are married and we've taken that next step. We have a family, we've got kids. So, yeah, it's been interesting for the business in that perspective as well to consider our customers that way. And then also, too, one last thing that changed just before COVID was our editing. We just started outsourcing that, just not completely, but starting to really, when we get too busy, just really set a look and try and just churn through that work because... Yeah, that's been a huge, a huge change. We're not completely happy with it yet. We're probably up to our third or fourth kind of person that we're trying to find, but it basically it has to happen next year. If we want to keep scaling, there is no way that we can possibly do our editing anymore. And stay sane. And, and stay sane and, and just physically married and, yeah, all of that. <laughs> Good parent. Yeah. yeah. So what was the reason that you looked at scaling and bringing other team members in? Basically, we couldn't do as many weddings as we wanted to or had interest. Like people were coming in and we wanted to book more weddings but we couldn't because we were already booked Um, and we just saw it as such a lost opportunity because there's two of us so we can already split up right so not Mm. divorce wise so Mm. Matt can shoot one wedding and I can shoot a wedding and we thought if we get a second shooter in with for both of us then that's you know two weddings but then we thought well what if one of those second shooters was actually as good as a first Mm. shooter then that's three weddings And really COVID forced us to be like that because we had three postponements that were on the same day and we were like, shit, what are we going to do? We need to have a solution. And so that forced us to have that as a solution. Don't get me wrong, it's a lot of work in terms of like I'm pretty much like a wedding planner because I send all these um, run sheets and all the couple notes and I set up Zoom calls and I make sure everyone's comfortable. But Like when you walk away from one day and you think, I've had three shooters in three different locations in New South Wales, it's pretty awesome. Mm, Yeah, yeah. And that felt good for the business. I was like, yeah, this is where it needs to go. Mm, It's interesting you say that because 
And and you specifically say business. Obviously, it is a business then when you're generating money without sideline gig or you know part time little shooting thing. Obviously, you can generate more income there and stuff like that. Because I know a lot of the listeners are going to be doing it themselves, and it may not be for them. Which I always speak to photographers that ask about how we scale, and I'm like, man, it may not be for you. Hey, like, what do you enjoy more? And some people love that hands on approach, photography, and you know, editing. And and I'm like, man, I love business, dude. Like photography is part of the business, but the business is is where I really enjoy. Uh, Hence the the move to scale. But I want to know what's one of the hardest things you've found whilst trying to scale. I've found that it is really difficult to find someone who wants to shoot for you because it's not their business. They have to be so passionate about it and so aligned with what you want them to do because at the end of the day it's our business so we pour our heart and soul into it a lot of stuff we do is unpaid you can't expect someone to come in with that amount of passion for the business so trying to find someone it's a big ask that you can say hey are you available in 12 months on Mm. this date and then you're also responsible for having enough income to meet that person's wage as well because you're now responsible for someone else's pay, right, mm-hmm. um, and their livelihood. So I found that to be something that's quite stressful because I now I feel responsible for, for other people and making sure that there's enough work for them as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think we are particularly lucky. Like I kind of alluded to this earlier that I've worked in other industries with artists, so um, I've been lucky to be connected to a community that. Um, wasn't necessarily shooting weddings but shooting quite a lot interested in art making and doing it in a way that was really just really professional like one of our shooters or both of them actually are just incredible photographers in their own right Um, but one of them kind of got me interested in street photography and shooting film again I started shooting film and just let it go because digital just changed everything but you know his eye is just amazing. It just comes naturally to him. So I think in terms of building a team and finding that talent, that's really hard if you're not connected to a community. So, yeah, that would be my advice to anyone who wants to scale is connect to a community, find Mm -hmm. artists that are maybe like yourself or even better than you. That doesn't mean that they can't work with you or for you. Um, and you can learn off each other. Mm. I, I think another thing that just popped into my head is it's hard to let go of the idea that the business is just yours mm. because when it's just you, then you can really micromanage the style and the approach and how they enter the room and all of this stuff is your reputation um, and your style. And when you bring someone else in, they're an individual, they're not mm. going to do it exactly the same as you. And it's really hard sometimes to go, to not think, oh, not not to think they're doing it wrong, but just not to micromanage it. Because if you try and manage it too strictly, they're artists, and what you want is for them to mm. be an artist, mm. and they can't be an artist mm. if you're like you have to do it exactly this way. You need to so, hire hire for temperament, right? So that's yeah. yeah, that's been tricky. And then that's when I'm thinking, yeah, this is a business, and all of this stuff I'm dealing with. Like now, you're starting to talk about managing people and. Like it's hard. That part, that part of it is hard. Yeah, it's very interesting you say that because when you think about scaling other businesses, generally you bring someone on to service a role in the business, but sometimes most often the customers have never seen that person and the product always stays yeah. the same. I mean, if you had a 
a drink label and you bring in a marketing team, well, that doesn't change anything on the products, right? But with photography, when you're bringing someone in there, they can totally transform the look of your business or the experience the client receives, which is very scary. But you're right. Yeah. Like I, I guess uh, as a business owner and having a team, your job is to provide a space where they're comfortable to explore their artistry, but also understand the true north, you know, rather than just heading south, meaning, you know, your work's completely different to theirs. And then the product looks totally different to the viewers, which is a very fine line, hey, because it can be heading south without you knowing. And then you could look back in a year's time and be like, that's probably not what we wanted to happen. You know, we're going yeah. the wrong way. But it's always amazing getting more minds together. And, and um, yeah, like Matt, you're saying like going out and doing street photography, man. Like it's so funny. Like so many photographers aren't, I, I believe, like going out and, and trying to do workshops or or mentoring. And and we sit in our own office generally by ourselves, thinking we know everything. But as soon as you get out there, you realize there's a bigger world out there. And some people are doing things completely different. Yeah. Like I remember meeting Sai more in New Zealand and like stayed at his house a couple of nights and like I just went there as an open book and I'm like you know didn't go there hounding him and we he took me for a bit of a walk around and like instantly he said some things and I'm like that's it and the next wedding was totally different like chalk and cheese not saying one's better yeah. or different but it totally transformed my style from one thing he said about understanding light and how to see it properly and stuff like that I'm like what? No one's told me this in four years, man. Like light? What is yeah. light? What do you mean? I'm, I've normally got a light with me, which is a strobe, right? Like <laughs> nah, I'm playing. And because we're producing a product that lasts a lifetime, I think when you're just constantly in the learning realm, you can only provide better, better service and better photos. I want to go back a little, I don't want to touch too much on the mentoring that we've done together because I've got a few really important questions that I want to ask you guys. But before we started mentoring, what was the headspace in the business like to where it is now? Yeah, that's a good one. Headspace in the business before we started mentoring was, I think I felt like I just don't know what I'm doing or I felt really anxious, I guess. Like if, I'm, if I was to sum it up, sometimes I go into a wedding and naturally I'm a person that gets overwhelmed quite easily because I just think about things so much and I reflect so much but there's a point of reflection where it becomes overthinking and it's like you can't stop and go okay but what what can I do well sometimes I reflect so much that I question everything I do and I get stuck in this loop Mm -hmm. so I think that that's where I was I was stuck in a loop we say that with our son yeah I was stuck in a loop so I felt like I didn't know what I was good at. I felt like I was shit at everything. <laughs> I didn't know what style I wanted to do. I didn't know how I wanted to approach couples. I felt like my editing was too this much or too this. I didn't. I wanted to be light and airy, but I wanted to be dark and stormy. I I was just overwhelmed. Yeah, mm. overwhelmed. Yeah, and I I kind of felt kind of like I was boxing underwater. Like, well, that's because <laughs> I was like just struggling so much to do and mm. push the business in the direction that I thought it should go. And, of course, it's a collaborative thing between me and Katie. And so, yeah, we work really well together. But honestly, oh, there's been, been some there's been <laughs> some fights. There's been some, like, in a, in a moment, like a moment where we're shooting and everything's happening really quickly and I just have no time for anyone. Like, I'm just, I will just lead the charge. That's my mm-hmm. personality type. I'm like, I'll just 
tell anyone that I'm working with, whether it's Katie, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> but I've seen it's that. honest. Like <laughs> if anyone's working with me and they're doing the wrong thing, I'll go. I'll just tell them like, stop doing that. Go over there, do this. I'm doing this. I'll see you mm-hmm. in an hour. And that wasn't working well either. Even though it was getting a result, it was mm. making the whole thing. I, I would come away from it going, oh, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. Yeah. I want to quit. That was so, a few chats we had. So we just, we're, we're both quite different in the way we like to approach people and the way that we work. So Matt explained what he's like. I'm very reflective and I'm picking up on social cues, but too much. Like, oh, they're uncomfortable. I need to make them comfortable. I need to make everyone feel good and happy. Mm. And yeah, I don't care about that. <laughs> Matt's, just like, your face. Yeah, Matt's just like, where, where's the light? Matt's like, where's yep. the light? I'm going to the light stand. Yeah, bang. Whereas I'm like, no, like make sure she has some champagne and make sure she's, you yep. know, had time to eat something. Give a fuck if they're thirsty. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what happened was <laughs> I do now. He I'm does care. I do. At the end of the day, what happened was is we would just say, Why the fuck are we doing this? Yeah. Why are we doing this? Like, is it worth it? And and is it worth us getting into arguments? Is it worth the exhaustion that we feel? Yeah, why are we doing this and what's the point? Should we just shut it down? Yeah. That's where we mm. were at. Honestly. And what about now yeah. then? So now, <laughs> now we're the same. No, <laughs> no. Not, at all. not at all. Now I feel like I have a direction of where I'm going. We feel really proud of the business. So we feel like we know where it's going. We're excited about where it's going. I feel a sense of relief that I've just outsourced a whole lot of shit. Like just mm-hmm. I've just been like marketing, social media, editing, admin, just see you later. I feel a sense of relief that it's not just all on my shoulders because I do all the admin and I feel like I am more in charge of the business and I feel confident in it. I'm still overwhelmed sometimes and I still feel sometimes like, that, you know, I need to be better at this and better at this, but I'm looking at it more positively that actually that's how I'm improving. Mm. Yes. I, I think I feel more confident and I feel more excited about where we're headed. What about you? Yeah, I think, Ryan, you've really helped kind of create a true north for what we're striving for because it would really just be a conversation between like, oh, I want our stuff to look like Jonas Peterson mm. stuff or you know, we want it to be more like Caravaggio and you're like, oh, you just get so lost in oh, Sorry, that's that. <laughs> but it's like you can, talking to someone that is like so many steps ahead of us and your business is amazing and where we'd love our business to be one day, but it's like, okay, we now have a true north and we've got someone telling us, charting a map how to get there, mm. whereas before the arguments or the the anxiety was around, oh, I don't know if this is right. Like even though I can quite confidently say, oh, I'm right, deep down I don't know. Mm. That's so true. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I think I'm right, but yeah. you don't know unless, like we said earlier, you're humble enough to ask and go, okay, I think I know, but mm. Ryan, what do you mm. think? And like a great example of this is that website. Like we used to have so much stuff on there. We didn't curate shit. It just all went up and, like, yeah. doing that curating session was, like, mind-blowing because I'm like, of course, none mm. of our potential customers want to sit through and look at 15 different versions of a fucking flat lay. They want to see you, – you want to show them the best mm. stuff straight away. So 
So just stuff like that. And now it's just so clear mm. that, yeah, it's, it's heaps easier to be happy in the business. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I feel a sense of certainty, mm, yeah. which which I didn't have before. And when you don't feel like you know where you're headed, or you feel, and that's why we're all struggling mm. during COVID, right? Because we've lost our certainty, we've lost that feeling. But that's what I feel more like. I feel like okay, I know where we're headed, and I know I kind of know how to get mm. there. And that to me changes everything. Then yeah, I mean Tony Robbins says one of the human requirements is having certainty. I mean. Besides yeah. business with COVID and so many people suffering, unfortunately, mental health and, and depression and stress and stuff. Like I look at it like, yeah, I mean, certainty is wiped out of generally a lot of our lives and there's no reason why we shouldn't be feeling that stress or whatever, but going like to your business as well and having certainty and like having a true North, right? There's so, so much noise out there. And it's funny because even when I look at websites and stuff, I'm like, has, all you got to ask is, dude, have you ever gone on your website and spent the last half an hour on it? Like, and with a notepad and pen, you know what I mean? Like, and, and most of the time you can come up with your own answers, right? There's no magic wand, like, oh my gosh, put this photo here. You're going to sell hundred more weddings. But I think like that time of like self-reflection and sitting down and going like, if I was a client, what would be the perfect way to transition from, you know, viewing to lead to inquiry to, you know, lead handling process to booking to shooting. And it's like, I always sit down and just write like my preferred method from if I was a customer and then try and like speak to other people and say, you know, like, is this a way or is this too short stream? You know, do I have too much male brain right now where I just want it to become like really seamless? And should there be a bit more emotional character in that? But also, you know, like, I mean, you go to a Chinese restaurant years ago and you'd be overwhelmed and generally just get in the car and be like, I don't know what I'm going to eat, right? Like, <laughs> but then you go somewhere really nice and it's super simple. It's three meals on the menu and it's just like, cool. Like they've generally got something that's really nice, you know, and it's, you don't have to think about that. I mean, see that it's such a simple thing, but like you guys said, there's so much noise and uncertainty around there. It's an amazing thing, even for me and my business, like always trying to learn and grow off everyone, even when we do our mentoring sessions, I'm like, man, I see your leads, seven leads today, boom. I'm just like, man, I had a hustle. Like, And then there's that saying that always comes to my mind is you can learn something off every single human being that you interact with. And it like every single human being, you know, to be a better parent, human, business owner, photographer. But if you don't, I believe if you don't have that analogy, you just put your handbrake on life and business. If you interact with someone and just go like, yeah, I'm better or I can't learn from that person, you just wrote them off straight away and you don't know who, who they're going to be or who they are either. There's something about that when you first start your business. I don't know why, whether it's linked to ego or because it's fear yeah. or something, but it's like you can't see outside of what you're doing right then. And then if someone tries to tell you something, it's like you feel this. I think we put like a perception that we're bigger than we are because of the ego and, and the vulnerability that will show. You know, we go out and get a 70 to 200 lens and, you know, hold fast double money makers and this and that. And it's like, you know, like Gary Fong stroke, like I was talking about this yesterday. And, but yeah, like even early on when I started, I didn't reach out, hit anyone up because I was like, man, like I'm killing it. I got my logo on Upwork. Like, <laughs> but that was just my personality or not someone just going, dude, you got an ego, like stop. And your ego doesn't mean you need a Ferrari. Like you got an ego to stop you learning. They're two different egos, but that's one right there for you. Yeah, well, that comes from that feast or famine yeah, mentality, 100%. right? 
Like you either believe that there's enough couples and enough work out there that you'll be fine or you believe that you're not that good and, and you can't scarcity. win work and, you, yeah, that scarcity mindset. Yeah. And I think COVID's really pushed people to that. It's funny when you look at like photographers that have been doing it a while and, and especially made a name for themselves and you look at the way they, if you guys haven't seen, but like the way they shoot and the way they interact, it's so simple. Like one camera, one camera, one lens, maybe two cameras, maybe if they're feeling funky and like a little bag yeah. and a like a pocket full of batteries. And they're just like, and a calm, collective, chilled, obviously they've gone through. And then when you look at the Opposite, you know, this person's charging 10, 15, 20, 100 times more than the photographer just starting. But then you look at the opposite spectrum and, you know, the new one's got the, the biggest lens and the loudest flash and the, you know, is like jumping around and doing cartwheels and going in the grass, like you said. And it's like, man, who's more wrecked after the wedding day? And what's long jeopardy look like? You know, like you just got to look to the masters and just be like, dude, like I'm going to take that page out of the book and I'm going to use that straight away. Because I've, I've, I've made all those mistakes and that's where this whole mentoring and doing workshops and actually sitting down with each other. Hey, and not just doing like listening to a YouTube thing, trying to pump you up, which you, as you know, I'm pretty against, you know, this whole yeah. thing. I remember when we started, I was like, man, I'm not going to tell you no bullshit. Yeah. If you can't handle it, we can like refund it and like hang up now. That was like nearly the first thing you said, I think. And I was like, yes, this guy gets it. I was like, awesome, let's go. Because I didn't yeah. want to pay money. Someone to blow smoke. I just wanted to hear the honesty. I like it but, too, but sometimes I like I love a bit of stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like sometimes a bit brutal, right? Just like holy shit, like he really said that. Like, but it's out of best interest as well. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no. It's not too much. It's not too much at all. It's I think just... we went from the ER to outpatient. <laughs> like you know, yeah. like we needed to get on. Uh, and then now we're in like the care phase yeah yeah I think um what you said just then when we were talking about the coaching it's like the more you learn and the better you become the simpler Mm. you you shoot and that there's a way Mm. simpler your editing is and your approach is and when you saw an OT when a therapist working and they've got 20 years experience it looks like they're Mm. doing nothing but but they're creating so much and the person's getting so much for it and then when you see someone coming new you know they got all the bells and whistles and all the toys and all the things and it's like that with photography but yeah that's what we're trying we're just we're just stripping it Mm. back and we're like okay light composition how do you approach how do you enter a room let's just keep it like but unless you've done coaching with someone that Mm. does it in a really kind of what's the word i'm looking for like a meaningful way like you have intention yeah and you set them up from from them contacting you for the first time to then you shooting their wedding day, you've put stuff in place to make the actual wedding day and the photos you take able to be like that and be good because mm. otherwise, yeah, you probably do have to run around like a chicken with its head cut off because you haven't done mm. all this other mm. stuff. Yeah, I get what you're you saying. I mean? You're like, um, yeah, you're making up for it because on the, on the day, on the day <laughs> you feel that you haven't. You don't have the confidence. You don't have the skill set. Yeah. So then you do need a tilt shift lens mm. and the Gary mm. I think the interesting thing is it's like you you said it really interesting there Matt, is the whole lead up phase and especially having clients acknowledge I guess your presence prior to the day is a big thing. Allowing you in the story and you know 
you know, I mean, if I believe if you don't put in the effort prior to the day, you set yourself up for failure on the day, unless you can turn it on and you're just that person. But again, it depends on, as you know, the wedding, the couple might be stressed. They might not even be the right couple for you. But like you said it interestingly, if you handle the lead right and you maybe have a catch up and, and doing all the things right, and then you're just this calming nature on the wedding day, not full of fluff, bringing them back to reality when they go far left, but also not making them do too many things that aren't them because you can overstep and believe, you know, is whose wedding is this? Is it ours or is it theirs? And then it just becomes this like, yeah, beautiful thing. I mean, I remember last year just bringing this up. I, I followed along with a photographer local in Brisbane and um, went to the reception and I was actually not there to shoot. I was just there, something different service, but I was actually there to just analyze how he handled himself through the day. And um, we got there and he he left prep and he asked me what I thought, you know, did bride and groom prep. So I said, look, like, I don't want to ruin you yet. Like, um, let, 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 let's, <laughs> let's go into the ceremony, uh, watch the ceremony. And then, and the biggest thing we sat down in reception at dinner, and I think it was so, so valuable for him. I said, have you ever looked at yourself and how you handle yourself and walk around? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, look at you, bro. Like, and he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, go to the toilet and just look at yourself. So he's like, went in there and he's like, come out. And he's like, what? And I'm like, you look like it's 4am and you've been clubbing all night. That's what you were like from 9am this morning with the groom. And as soon as you got there, the energy in that room went through the roof for the wrong thing. There was so Mm. much uncertainty about the professionalism and calmness that you were to provide. You literally like ran around crazily at ceremony like you're like in war. I mean, what happens at ceremony? She walks down the aisle, they kiss and they walk out. Oh, sorry, there's rings. Three things. Like all the photos look the same and you have 30 minutes to create them. And um, I just said to him, man, if you just change the way you move, I guarantee you, you'll get moments. And I mean, I've never had anyone do that alongside me, but it was really interesting to see how someone would handle themselves on a wedding day. And we looked at that wedding and I was like, man, there's two things after a wedding that you just say to yourself, was I in the story or was I out of the story? Did the client allow me to get in that story and document it? Or was I out of it and trying to find it or make it? And a, a big thing I always do after prep, I always question myself. I always say, am I there yet? Am I in the story yet? Am I welcome? And 50% of the time it's no, but then after bride prep or after ceremony, I'm like, I'm there. I'm there. I'm one of them. you know. And, and whether that's changing personality a little bit or carrying myself a little differently, but... For him, I'm like, dude, you're out of the story all day, all day, all night. Like this poor, I feel sorry for your couple, to be honest, because they, they, they didn't want this. They opened the front door when you arrived in the morning and you decided who you were going to be. Yeah. They didn't, they were just themselves, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I often, I often okay. say to Matt, like before we walk into a wedding, I'm like, therapeutic use of self mm, it's like yeah. this, this little concept I learned in OT but it's, that's mm. exactly what it is it's you're using yourself your body your energy as a way of therapy and as a way of calming the room or bringing that reassurance and it's so huge because you know how you feel when someone does it to you like you walk in and someone's really calm and they're mm. confident. You're just like, man, this person knows exactly what they're doing. Mm. I feel really good around them. But you know how it feels when someone's not like that. And the thing is, hey, it doesn't really matter about the photos that that person provided or someone that offers that type of service. There's always this underlying thing that 
that was the most uncomfortable yeah. thing that you know I had on my wedding day. It doesn't matter whether you're creating Jonas Peterson's photos. I believe, I, I think that for me, I think the service is 10 times more important than the photos if you can create a good photo because good to great generally doesn't change to the general view, but to a photographer, they can see the difference. But the service from good to great, no one will forget that. Everyone can do good. It's those that can do great will get referrals, word of mouth, you know, ven- venue referrals, et cetera. Because everyone can be a good person, but it's like, how many times are you reflecting on how better you can become on an actual day by sending a couple of text messages in the morning? That's the simplest thing. Something super mm, simple. Yeah. But I, I want to wrap it up here. I want to ask you one last question. If everything you've learned over the years of being in this business as artists, photographers, videographers, colorists, whatever that may look like, but you could only leave two things behind to new photographers. Everything else is gone. If I was starting my business today and I hadn't picked up the camera yet, or I just had, and I haven't start, really started getting momentum and everything you learned is gone, but you can only tell me two things individually, what two would they be? Light, 100% light's got to be there. Learn light, look at light, experiment with light. To me, light's like one of the biggest things that I still suck at sometimes. Mm. That's one big one. What about for you? Yeah, I think it would be, I would talk to them about how it feels to get into that flow. Like, you know, when you, and like elite sportsmen talk about this when they're in flow, they're able to do things that are all like seemingly superhuman. And it's like, you can feel that when you're shooting and you're starting to get into that flow and your your photos, you're looking through the lens and you're like, I know exactly what that's going to look like as a print. Mm. Concentrate on that flow. Look for, look for moments to get into that flow and trust that that is where you need to be. All the other noise that we talked about earlier isn't important. So artistically, it's move towards that flow find your flow and really to do that well you have to have a, a true north artistically so mm. that, that works in tandem because mm. um, realistically that's why you do it isn't it i mean yeah, you do it and you're just like this it feels amazing this is so good like yeah. you're loving it we're loving it the light's amazing you're just like oh i love this job like i say to couples i'm like this is probably really weird you're sitting there having this warm embrace on there like yeah that's so good <laughs> <laughs> creepy but it's like you're in that flow yes that's you know that's why we do it that's that's why you want to do this job is because you enjoy that and you know how to get there so, mm-hmm. so don't forget that and then for video yeah i'd say a similar thing about not letting all your equipment because there's so many bits of equipment you can use now yeah. but, yeah exactly but like just try and actually tell a story with what you're shooting don't just shoot them kissing the whole day mm. all at 50 frames per second like actually mm. try and create a story with what you're capturing uh, and the same probably goes for photos as well like uh, a story doesn't start with the ending it doesn't start with them married kissing on a snowy mountaintop it starts with how you lead your audience into what they're gonna see so yeah be a storyteller 
Love it, guys. Love it. Thanks for sharing. Matt's so good at talking and being like reflective. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, a lot. And he's like, whoa, <laughs> synchronicity. Like, so I'm pretty sure I didn't say synchronicity. You, oh, say, you, that right. you say that right. No, I just, well, the, yeah. uh, I think the best thing is you work together as a good duo, right? Husband and wife team. It's pretty rare to see, which is really special as well because we are in that business. So, um, yeah, I want to acknowledge you both for being here and obviously thank you as well for allowing me to mentor. I know we're still going through that process and taking your business. 2022 is like, yeah, it's going to be next level, I think, for so many other businesses as well. But putting that time and effort into maybe the slower period now so you're showing up and you're going to be there when when people are ready is, is such a vital thing. Like wait around for... T- Anyway, I won't go into that. (laughs) Yeah, I want to say thanks so much as well for understanding the way I do teach and mentor where it's like, yeah, I'm not fucking around. Like you've put money down and I want to get your money back straight away. And that's really important to me that I can have like friends that I'd call and say like, yeah, like, I mean, how do we always message each other on Instagram? And it's a quick question. I'll just send an audio back and just be like, no, like, or yes, like hundred percent, like do this, do that. But like also having that vulnerability to be like, you know, we're never going to be there yet. Like we're always going to want to learn. And and I see that in you two both, like constantly showing up and trying things and putting your money where your mouth is to have that business that you're so, so happy about. Because for me, I'm not even there yet. I still want to, like, I don't think I'll ever stop and go, yeah, sweet, I'm done. You know, I'm done learning. If once I say I'm done learning, like that's it for, for the, probably the business, to be honest. There's always someone out there that can help. So anyway, I want to thank you both for your time today. I know initially, Katie, you said the kids are in the cupboard, but <laughs> so let them out, let them out. Oh, I can hear them scream. <laughs> yeah. Mom and dad, no. Guys, thank you so much. And um, yeah, I'll link out to all of your handles, Instagram, website, etc. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. We we feel so much respect as well. And we've, yeah, we've gained so much from working with you. I... Yeah, we think you're a top bloke. Before we talked about this, Matt was like, he walk, he talks the talk and he walks the walk. Yeah, totally. Ryan, like, so we appreciate everything. Mm-hmm.